Hey everyone, welcome to this final episode of the week. Uh, I'm going to be discussing Alma chapters 62 and 63, wrapping up the book of Alma, the four chapters. So we'll jump right in. So remember back in chapter 60, Alma Moroni wrote, Pahoran a letter, censured him. Uh, 61, Pahoran responds, and they decide what they're going to do. He just says, let's okay, come up, come and help me. Let's take over these kingmen. Let's get Zerhamel back. So chapter 62, that's what happens. Is Moroni marches to the aid of Pahoran and picks him up in the land of Gideon, which is near Zarahemla. They go and they... Uh, I mean, so let me read... I'm going to read some of these verses because what I want to point out is this. Uh, things in chapter 62 and the end of this war, compared to... Look, look how much is built into this. It started with Malachiah and um, the, the title of Liberty back in chapter 46. And so now we're all the way up to chapter 62. It's been years... I want you to notice how fast things kind of start to wrap up here. Um, I mean, it is still several years that this happens over. It's a couple years. But in Mormon's writing, things uh, really start to pick up here. So it says, And it came to pass that Moroni and Pahorn went down to the land of their, with their armies into Zarahemla and went forth against the city and did meet the men of Pacus. And that was the guy who was leading uh, these kingmen. And behold, Pacus was slain, and his men were taken prisoners, and Pahorn was restored to the judgment seat. Now, I'm sure there was a battle, and people died, and that, right? But the way that Mormon relates this as compared to other things is that was easy. Okay. Uh, we're going to continue on here to verse 15. And it came to pass as they were marching toward the land, they took a large body of the Lamanites and slew many of them, and took their provisions and their weapons of war. And it came to pass after they had taken them and caused them to enter into a covenant that they would no more take up their weapons of war against the Nephites. They came up against a big army and just killed a bunch of them, got the rest of them to surrender and took all their food and provisions. Ah, it seemed easy. Verse 26, And thus Moroni and Pahoran obtained the possession of the city of Nephiha. Remember, Nephiha was a big city that they had lost. It was why they were lamenting in verse in chapter the end of chapter 59. It's why the captains were marveled because of the wickedness, because they had lost Nephiha. Well, now it says... Thus Moroni and Pahorn obtained the possession of the city of Nephiha without the loss of one soul. And there were many of the Lamanites that were slain. Um, that uh, that seemed easy. Uh, let's go over to verse 31. And it came to pass that when the Lamanites saw that Moroni was coming against them, they were again frightened and they fled before the army of Moroni. So then they just retreat. That seemed easy. And now it came to pass that Moroni marched forth on the morrow and came up upon the Lamanites insomuch that they did slay them with the great slaughter and they did drive them out of the land and they did flee even that they did not return at that time against the Nephites. They drove them out of the land. Man, that just seemed so much easier than all these other chapters and all these other battles and all these other wars. They went and hit them head on. Compare that. They went and hit them head on. All these other times there was a bunch of strategy and this and that. No, they hit him head on. Why? Because now Moroni knew that they had God on their side. Why? Because he had gone and cleansed the inner vessel. The people, the Nephites, had now been chastised over this course of this war. And they were penitent. How do we know that they were penitent? Well, it says in verse 51, uh, or 49, that they were not lifted up in the pride of their eyes. And they were not, uh, neither were they slow to remember the Lord our God. Yea, they did remember how great things the Lord had done for them. And they did pray unto the, uh, to the Lord their God continually. They had been chastised. Why didn't they be, why weren't they destroyed? Well, 
And there had been many murders and contentions and dissensions and all manner of iniquity among the people of Nephi. Of Nephi. Nevertheless, for the righteous sake, yea, because of the prayers of the righteous, they were spared. But behold, because of the exceeding great length of the war, uh, the I'll get. I want to read verse forty-one separately in just a second, actually. But so, what we had here is a nation who was divided. There was some righteous, and the prayers of the righteous kept them from falling completely into the hands of the Lamanites and being utterly destroyed. But because of the wickedness, they had to be chastened. They had to be cleansed and purified. They had to be unified. This is the way the Lord works with any of it, any nation that is his covenant people. Go read the Old Testament. It's, this is the story of the Old Testament and the story of the children of Israel. When they're righteous, they prosper and succeed. When they don't, they're scattered abroad. It's the scattering of Israel. And why are they treated differently than other nations? Because they're a covenant people. They're expected. That more is expected of them. More is expected of us. So how, how does this apply to our life? Keep our covenants. When we, I want to go back to something I read earlier from in another episode, uh, just about from President Packer. Keep your covenants and you will be safe. Break them and you will not. That's for individuals, for covenant lands and nations and people. That's the truth. As soon as they went and cleansed the inner vessel, as soon as they went and really just drove these kingmen out, because you'll notice that they kind of kept popping up. Chapter 46, why is he why is he title of liberty it? Why does the title of liberty a thing? Because there were these kingmen. In the middle there, chapter 51. Why because there were kingmen. Why were the why would why wasn't Pahoran, why was Pahoran driven out and he wasn't sending help to Moroni and to Helaman? The kingmen, they had never truly gotten rid of this cancerous portion of the of the nation that was rebelling against the covenant. And as soon as they did, victory came easily. In our life, and I can tell you from my own experience, as soon as I stop kicking against the pricks, and as soon as I accept my lot in life, and as soon as I'm humble to say, okay, Lord, this is hard and I don't like it, but maybe you don't have to remove it from me, this this trial or trouble, just to help me know what I need to learn. As soon as that happens, either A, that's the time when I the, the trial is removed, or B, suddenly the trial doesn't seem so hard and heavy anymore. But it's only when I go and I recognize and I go back and I turn and I'm on my knees and I'm penitent and I am truly humbled. And that's what this nation of the Nephites needed. It's what this war chapters, that's what the war chapters did to them. But behold, because of their exceeding great length of the war between the Nephites and the Lamanites, many had become hardened because of the exceeding great length of the war, and many were softened because of their afflictions. We have that choice in in the heat of we have we know how to we have the choice how to react to adversity. Elder Oaks, it's a pretty lengthy quote, but I want to read it. It comes from um, an Ensign article in July of 1998. Surely these great adversities are not with some great eternal purpose or effect. They can turn our hearts to God. Even as adversities inflict moral, mortal hardships, they can also be the means of leading men and women to eternal blessings. Such large-scale adversities as natural disasters and wars seem to be inherent in the mortal experience. We cannot entirely prevent them, but we can determine how we will, re- re- how we will react to them. For example, the adversities of war and military service, which have been the spiritual destruction of some, have been the spiritual awakening of others. The Book of Mormon describes this, the contrast. But behold, because of the exceeding great length of the war between the Nephites and the Lamanites, 
Many had become hardened because of the exceedingly great length of the war, and many were softened because of their afflictions, insomuch they did humble themselves before God even in the depth of humility. I read a similar contrast after the devastating hurricane that destroyed thousands of homes in Florida some years ago. A news account quoted two different persons who had suffered the same tragedy and received the same blessing. Each of their homes had been totally destroyed, but each of their family members had been spared death and injury. One said that this tragedy had destroyed his family. How he asked, could God allow this to happen? The other said that he experienced strength in his faith. God had been good to him, he said. Though the family's home and possessions were lost, their lives were spared and they could rebuild their home. For one, the glass was half empty. For the other, the glass was was half full. The gift of moral agency empowers each of us to choose how we will react when we suffer to adversity. And I think that one of the greatest lessons we can learn in the war chapter from the war chapters is that moral agency and how we can respond in adversity. Look at Pahorn, look at the people of Nephi, look at the wars, look at just the the adversity and do we choose to be offended? Do we choose to be hardened? Do we choose to be soft hearted and humble? As it's all up to us. We get to choose that. Um let's move let's wrap it up here. Chapter sixty three is a pretty quick chapter. So some of the things that happen is um, that, uh, well, for one, the Lamanites come back to battle again. Uh, Moroni uh, retires, and his son Moroni Ha takes the armies. They defeat the Lamanites in battle. Um, that's going to be kind of important to just keep in mind as we move into the Helaman. Uh, you've got some people who says uh, they got on some boats, went to the went north, shipped off. One of the boats came back, picked up some more people, left, and they never heard from anybody. Uh, those people again, they thought maybe they died. Uh, President uh, David O. McKay specifically, uh, and President uh, I think Joseph F. Smith um, had said some pretty straightforward things that. These people are among the ancestors of the Polynesian people in the Polynesian islands. Um, and so that that's something that happens here. The Helaman uh, takes... Uh, so one thing that's a, a little nugget here uh, is that Shiblon ends up taking the plates from Helaman. Uh, Helaman, Alma's son, dies. Uh, Shiblon takes them. That's his next son. He then is going to confer them. He would confer them on his brother Corianton, but Corianton actually was, went with the people uh, on the boat and left. So he then gives it to Helaman's son, so his nephew. Um, and so he goes from Helaman to his brother briefly, and then to Helaman's son, Helaman. And that who that's who is the book of Helaman. Uh, we'll talk more about that obviously next week, but that's just kind of the, the, the pass along here. And so now they kind of have this deep breath of peace momentarily for about a year. And we'll talk more about that next year, but the Lamanites no longer come to battle against them. Mor- Moroni has pushed them out and they've reclaimed their lands at least, uh, basically for almost entirely to where, the borders are the same as they were back when we, this all started back in chapter 43. So there, that's the story of the war chapters, guys. That's it. It's it's not much, you know, just 
the 10 chapters last week and the 11 chapters this week and then a few chapters the week before. But other than that, you know. Um, but like I said, I hope that I'm able to help you, was able to help you understand the story and point out a few things that you can learn and apply to your life. And my prayer and hope is that you pick up uh, those those and other nuggets along your uh, journey, your disciples' journey, as you study the Book of Mormon uh, this week and study the, the war chapters. Thank you all for listening. Truly appreciate it. Truly appreciate your participation and thoughts and kind words and your insights. Uh, shout out to my wife. Let me do this. The last two weeks especially have been quite the... Uh, labor-intensive study to be able to study through everything and all the chapters and then also to record these. It's taken quite a bit of preparation and then the time to record them. So thanks, Tej. Thank you all for listening. Truly, truly, truly appreciate it. Hope you enjoy your study this week and we'll talk next week.